Hey, St. John. Welcome to the Post-Sermon Podcast. I am Deaconess Dahlia, and with me today is Pastor Adam. Hey, Deaconess. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing really well. Well, we are discussing your sermon from this past Sunday. So please tell us, what is the text that you preached on? Uh, The sermon was based on Mark chapter 8, and specifically the feeding of the 4,000. The 4,000, not the the 5,000. The 4,000, yeah. Yeah, 5,000 is back in chapter 6. Very good. What was the central teaching of the sermon? Uh, The central teaching of the sermon is that Jesus has compassion for me, and not just me, singular, but for anyone who is hearing the sermon. Uh, But just I wanted to emphasize just the particular care of our God for each and every one of us. And then this goes to your, I guess it was your title, was it Forgetting and Remembering? Yes, yeah. And how, like, God still has compassion on us even when we forget, which I think was one of the things you were trying to say is it was possible that the disciples forgot about Jesus's compassion on the crowd when he had fed them with bread and fish yeah. earlier. Yeah, I don't know if it's so much that they forgot the compassion. Like, it says that he had compassion on the crowd, but... No, but that they forgot the miracle, possibly? That Yeah, that uh, the feed of 5,000 was two chapters ago. And how are they asking, what's going on? Why, you know, who, who's going to be able to feed people uh, in this desolate place? Yeah, what is their question? Yeah, how can one feed these people with bread here in this desolate place? So it is interesting. Why why would they ask that question? Yeah, and maybe that's part of my, uh, I don't know the right word is, just uh, my cynicism reading the, the passage of how do they forget this already? Right? It was just two chapters ago. And that's something I've always wondered about the feeding of the 4,000 is, uh, when the disciples bring up that point. So then what was the problem then that you sought to identify? Uh, the, I wanted to deal with uh, the forgetfulness of the disciples, of, of forgetting the promises of God, of forgetting the gospel that's been given and continues to be given. And I think that's a pretty relatable thing for us as Christians, of just how often we, we hear the gospel, we hear the good news of Christ, and it just sort of slips out of our minds. Um, I mean, this just goes to, you know, why we attend worship, why we hear the gospel proclaimed, why we need uh, the means of grace over and over and over is in some, in some sense the, the gospel is always a, a foreign language for us. We don't naturally drift towards the gospel, right? Right, right. We, uh, we uh, flee from our God by our sin or we, we run to the law because that is written on our hearts and we understand do this and don't do that but to actually hear of God's graciousness for us, uh, that's, that's always outside of us. It's always something uh, new and unexpected. And I think you illustrated this point really well with a personal story, right, of where you had forgotten some scripture that had been really significant to you. Yeah, yeah, this goes back to Psalm 77, and uh, it was a time when I requested a private absolution from another pastor, and uh, he shared that psalm with me after after the absolution, and it was very meaningful to me. And uh, Deaconess, you were on some of those shut-in visits where I, I talked about that psalm, and um, and for some reason it sort of slipped out of my mind, and I came across the psalm recently this year in, in a reading plan I'm doing, and it, honestly, it just felt like it was the first time I'd read that psalm, and like, oh, this is so cool, and all these details, and, and then it kind of hit me later on that, oh, yeah, this... This goes back to that moment a year and a half ago, and, and I thought that was just a way to speak to our forgetfulness when it comes to the gospel, and 
I need to hear it again and again in, in some ways to have it shoved back into our ears and into our memory. So really we're no different than the disciples in that way. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, I think it's a, a temptation for us when we read the Gospels is to say, these disciples, what's wrong with them? We would be better. And the answer is, no, we would not. No, we would not. And and especially in Mark's gospel, that's such a huge case for that gospel, is the disciples do not get this. Jesus makes no sense. What is it? It's thought that Mark is writing to Christians who are way far away from Judea. He is writing to people who are facing persecution. And there's that sort of longing of, man, if only we had been there, if only we had seen Jesus perform the miracles and hear his teaching, then it'd be so much easier to believe in a lot of ways, Mark's point is, it was actually really tough then too, and we were in the presence of Christ. <laughs> um, and and so it comes back to um, trusting in the promise of his resurrection, and, and that is going to be more than enough. And I like how you asked us to think about how many sermons that we've probably heard up to this point, yeah. and then the ones we will yeah, hear what's as your well. Num- what's your number? I haven't actually sat down to think through that. Oh, I didn't actually come up with a number. <laughs> I just know it's really high, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, and just how we do forget. Though it doesn't mean that that doesn't matter at the same time. Like, I think we're still definitely being fed and nourished, even if we can't remember. Just like Jesus was still providing and and helping and guiding the disciples, right? Even if they didn't understand, he was still showing compassion. Still showing compassion on this huge crowd, many of them whom didn't, I don't know, didn't believe in Jesus. Yeah, something analogous might be, you know, the scriptures refer to themselves as, as food, like like milk or solid food. And you know, how many meals have we eaten in our lives? And, you know, there might be some meals that are really stand out and memorable. But many meals we don't remember. Right, right. But they provided the sustenance that was needed at that time. And that might be a way to think of receiving God's word and receiving his grace uh, through the gospel is it is the sustenance I need now. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it kind of slips from memory. Right. So it's not an excuse to forget, but it definitely shows that, yes, it's still nourishing us in that moment, right? It's Absolutely. Yeah. Good. So how did you approach and preach on this text previously? I don't think I've preached on the feeding of the 4,000 prior to this past Sunday. And so I, w- I was a little intrigued of what to do uh, with the reading and, and thinking about the miracle. And even before I sat down to study it, there were already some kind of you know predetermined sermons in my mind or like directions you could take it. Um, and I guess Deaconess was interesting was reading through the prayers on Sunday. A lot of those ideas were found in the prayers. Uh, why don't you take us to one of those petitions? Yeah, I'll read. Th- This first one, it says, Lord of the earth, our Savior multiplied bread and fish and fed over 4,000 people in Gentile territory, thereby showing your kingdom is open to all nations. Right, and so that prayer speaks about Gentile stuff. And so some folks will try to make hay out of, okay, what's the difference between the feeding of the 5,000 and the feeding of the 4,000? And you can make your list of comparisons and this and that and how many loaves and which fish. Uh, The feeding of the 5,000, how many baskets full were left over? Twelve. Yeah, so 12, and so immediately we're thinking the sons of Israel, the 12 tribes. Okay, that's cool. Now you get the feeding the 4,000. You get seven loaves, and some make a lot of note about seven and referring to completeness or to the whole world, and you get the seven baskets afterwards, and 
There's also discussion of Jesus being in more Gentile territory. And so, look, Jesus has also come not only for the Jew, but also for the Gentile. So that's one direction you could have taken the sermon then. Yeah, yeah and I think it's perfectly fine. And I think even in one of our commentaries, uh, uh, he, the, the, the commentary translated, I think he does the feed of the 5,000 of, they picked up 12 Jewish baskets of pieces <laughs> left over, and they picked up seven baskets of Gentile, there's seven uh, Gentile baskets of leftovers, you know, and just to really drive home that point interpretively. Um, and I think that's fine in that the good news is for the whole world. And you can you can make that move. But I was wondering if there's maybe a different direction to go than just that one. And there was some other um, prayers, too, that spoke of maybe other directions you could have taken the sermon as yeah, well, I right? Yeah, honestly, the, the prayers just felt like different sermon ideas I had, and we'll not go with them this week. So it was kind of cool, the prayers captured What's what, what was another yeah, one? Yeah, I'll read another one. Creator and preserver of all things, you govern and sustain the earth for our good and provide for all our needs of body and soul. Bless the labor of those who produce food and shelter, safety and peace. Lead us to recognize your gracious hand in all things and to receive our daily bread with thanksgiving. Yeah, so we get the language of daily bread. We think of the Lord's Prayer, the fourth petition. And I was really taken with this direction and almost went down it completely. Uh, I... I love the reminder that it's not just that Jesus cares about our salvation and he didn't just come to save us from our sins. He cares for people who are physically hungry and has compassion about that. I thought that might be an interesting sermon to lean into the teaching of what is the fourth petition of the Lord's prayer of give us this day, our daily bread. And then our God actually hears these prayers and it meets us in our needs too. And part of the reason why I was so taken with that idea is so often in preaching, when food gets mentioned in a reading, uh, the preacher seems drawn to talk about... Communion. Yeah, the Lord's Supper. Which was also mentioned in the prayers, yeah. which is interesting. Yeah, so you want to get that one out Yeah, of I'll read the other one. It says here, God of grace, as your son miraculously fed thousands in the wilderness, feed your people gathered here today with the true bread from heaven, the body and blood of Christ our Savior. Absolutely true. And it's true, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and the Lord's Supper is yet to be instituted in Mark's gospel, and it's it's a nice, easy kind of sermon segue to go from a food thing to the, the Lord's Supper and the meal that we're going to have. Um, but I do think it's not uncommon for sermons to kind of eclipse the realities of, like, the fourth petition, that our God actually cares for his creation. He still takes care of us, his creatures, as we say in the explanation to the first article. And that's why I was really interested in the idea of leaning into the give us a stay our daily bread angle. But yeah, Lord's Supper is a, a valid move too. Yeah, so it sounds like if you get to preach on this in the future, that you'll have some other options. That's right. So I mean, I'm just spoiling future sermons. I, I don't know. Um, but I went into the direction of uh, the disciples forgetting. And I didn't hear a whole lot from folks after the sermon. I uh, wondered, like, you know, is that even like a a good move to make? Is that even kind of a valid interpretation? Um, and I think it's fair. There's some questions about that. Um, I think just generally, again, that the Gospels do present the disciples are forgetting all the time. Uh, but there is one other way I thought of presenting uh, these ideas in the sermon is if we had just kept reading in Mark chapter 8. If you don't mind, I'm going to... Yeah, go for it. So we went through verse 9, but let me pick up here at verse 10. And immediately he got into the boat with his disciples and went to the district of uh, Dalmanutha. And then he gets to the next section. At least that's the editor's new head. Okay. 
Uh, the Pharisees came and began to argue with Jesus, seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him, which is just, he just fed 4,000, right? That, okay, give me a There's sign. There's your but sign. Not, yeah, give me a sign, but not that one, right? Yeah, yeah I'm going to keep moving the goalpost on you. And Jesus sighed deeply in his spirit and said, why does this generation seek a sign? Truly, I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. And he left them, got into the boat again, and went to the other side. So uh, you have this encounter with the Pharisees. All right, we keep going. Verse 14. Now they, the disciples, had forgotten to bring bread, and they had only one loaf with them in the boat. And I'm guessing this is not Lambus bread from uh, Lord of the Rings. And he cautioned them, saying, Watch out. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they began discussing with one another the fact that they had no bread. <laughs> um, I, I just love what the disciples, again and again, just, they're missing the point, and so would we. 17, and Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? They said to him, 12. And the seven for the 4,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said to him, seven. And he said to them, do you not yet understand? And so I hope you see in, in these f- subsequent scenes some of the ideas that made it into the sermon about like the skepticism sort of stuff with the Pharisees or the disciples here that they don't understand. And, and I thought about maybe approaching the sermon by just doing a shift of scenes and, and approaching it that way. But this is kind of where I lean into the disciples. They just didn't understand with their question. And in case, well, is that even a fair point to make with those nine verses? We'll just keep reading in Mark and you find out, man, they're, they're missing the mark on so many ways. It's not going to be until he's risen from the dead where things start to really fall into place. And it definitely just shows how important it is just to read. I mean, it's great that we get this passage, but, you know, when we're reading, like, just think of the context of, like, the whole book, and it just flows so well. And it's, it, I mean, I think that just proves your point more in your sermon if you keep on reading that that passage. And that's something that's always a challenge with preaching is you have a reading, you have a set, if you will, boundary to work within, which is great because I'm not translating the whole book of Mark in a week. I can do the, you know, the nine <laughs> verses. Yeah. yeah. But we need to approach these readings in the context of their book. Yeah. Because even if you're not translating the whole book of Mark, you are looking at, you know, Mark's perspective and yes, and everything. Yeah. Who, who the audience is that he's writing to and, you know, keeping all that in mind when you're translating, right? Yeah. That, it, it has to happen. And so that's even just always in the background of the sermon processes. Okay, if I'm preaching from Ezekiel, what is Ezekiel doing? And I can't just change these verses around into a 21st century context. They need to be read within Ezekiel's frame of thought and, and writing style and, and all those sorts of things. And so I guess that's one encouragement to to our hearers, especially since we're on this one-year lectionary. We're in and out of the Gospels all over the place. And try not to read the Gospels as just one unified book. We have four Gospels. Um, and each according to a different author, all inspired, all true, and they all point us to Christ. But each author is doing his own thing. Well, very good. There's also just one other thing I thought of when you're reading that passage. Um, 
just that question that the disciples asked, I just want to get back to it real quick um, and thinking about how we, too, ask similar questions to that, don't we? I mean, like, we know God's promises, but all the time we're asking, how can God do this in such a, you know, maybe not a desolate place, but in a this, like, hopeless world, you know? Or, you know, we can't, it's hard for us to remember his promises or I don't know. It just, I think there's so much of a connection between us and the disciples there. Yeah. It's this, uh, constant doubting of, by the creatures of their creator. I mean, it is just part of the, the fall into sin that we just yeah somehow just don't think God is able to. <laughs> or like, how will God get, get me through this trial? And we literally forgot that mm-hmm. a year and a half ago, he did get me through that <laughs> or, you know, whatever right, it right. is like, yeah, and I think a refrain I, I've really been glomming onto lately is from, that, is from 2 Corinthians. We believe in the God who raises the dead. Mm-hmm. And just that puts so much of everything into perspective that no matter the situation, no matter the moment, our God is still the one who raises the dead. And even if whatever is going on results in my death, even that is temporary now. does help give pause, but I still need people in my life to remind me of that too so I don't forget it. Yeah, which reminds us just the necessity of being in the church to have our community our brothers and sisters in christ telling us that yes otherwise we will forget if we're just on our own that's right well this wraps up the episode for today thank you for listening to our discussion in case you missed the sermon or you'd like to listen to it again the link to the sermon is in the show notes you can also find it on our church website stjohndublin.org and if you the listener would like to submit a question about a sermon please email us at podcast at stjohndublin.org thank you pastor for joining me and for feeding us the word this week thanks deaconess all right take care you guys bye bye